And good morning. Welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, we're talking about heart disease. In the studio with me this morning, we're speaking to heart disease survivor, Denise. It's our pleasure to welcome Denise to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Denise. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, Denise, you have a very remarkable story. Although we're talking about heart disease, your story begins with breast cancer. Is that right? That's correct. Tell me about that. So in March of 2021, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. I underwent 16 rounds of chemo and finished that in October of 2021. Um, Had a double mastectomy and was then um, declared cancer-free. I recently just sent my one-year remission um, this last November. And um, fortunately, due to the chemo from the breast cancer, um, I was put in congestive heart failure. So what were your some of your first signs or warning signs of breast cancer? How did you know and start to put the pieces together? Um, so I was actually in the best shape of my life. I was working out daily, um, and I was probably 100-plus days into working out every day. I laid down one evening, um, happened to rub my hand against my breast, and I felt a knot. Um, I immediately called my husband into the room and said, you know, what do you think of this? He said, well, you're doing like 100 push-ups a day, Denise. Like, it's got to be, you know, you're swelled up. And I didn't, it didn't set right with me. So the very next day, I called my OB. Um, he got me in the office the following day after that, set me up with a biopsy and a mammogram. And within a week of me finding that lump, um, I had the biopsy back and, and was officially diagnosed with, with the carcinoma. So tell me what it was like when you had breast cancer and then you've, thought that that was it and that you were going to be healthy. Yes. So um, I was very fortunate through all my chemo. um, I I fought really hard and I was fortunate to be overall pretty healthy. Um, I led a decently normal life through the chemo. I had energy. Um, I was not sick. So when I beat the the cancer in November, um, we were all very excited. Unfortunately, about three weeks after that, what we thought was the end of my battle um, I was hospitalized and put on life support. Um, we had found out that the chemo had damaged the heart and put me in congestive heart failure. Okay. And so that's not the end of your story because, I mean, you have such a remarkable story. So then you found out that you went into congestive heart failure as well. And what that was a whole turn of events within itself. Yes. So I spent 18 days in the hospital um, in December of 2021. Um, multiple times failing, my family being asked to come in and say their goodbyes. Fortunately, I had an amazing advocate, which was my husband, Jeff, and he sat there and fought by my side every day um, to come up with a plan and come up with a way to save me. So um, 18 days later, I was released from the hospital. And uh, with medications, we were able to level out some of my symptoms. But unfortunately, my heart did not bounce back, and I was only left with about 10% of a functioning heart. So for the next three months, up until about March of 2022, um, we did medications. Unfortunately, in March, I failed again and was put on life support uh, via a balloon pump. And that led to what's called a LVAD, which is a left ventricular assist device, which is a mechanical pump um, that was placed in my heart to do the beating and, and, and keep me going. So I've slept with that for nine months. 
Okay. And still, that's more. You have more to your story. It just gets more unbelievable. But let me back up to something that you talked about. For 18 days, your husband, you said he was your advocate. Um, How aware during those 18 um, days were you of anything that was going on? So for the first five days, I was intubated. So not aware. Um, When I was taken off the intubation, I was still very, very foggy for about four to five days. Um, I wouldn't say that I really came through until maybe day 14 in the hospital. Um, that's when I realized what was going on, what my husband had did to save my life. And it was just a roller coaster. So I had up days and down days. Um, and again, he just kept advocating and pushing. And so I became aware, like I said, a few weeks into that stay and um, just kept fighting. I kept, I remained positive the whole time, had a lot of faith and... We just kept fighting. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information on Denise and her amazing story of breast cancer and heart disease survival. You can reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like, follow, and share there. Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Or if you missed any portion of this interview, you can head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcast and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. So you talked about the LVAB? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. You had that for yes. several weeks or months? Um, I had the LVAB from March 9th, 2022 until December 2nd, 2022. Okay. So you get this LVAD, you get it placed, and you think, again, this is the solution. <laughs> this is going to fix my heart problems. It's working, but then... That didn't really work either. Tell me what happened there. Well, I got the LVAD because unfortunately with the cancer, no one will accept you for a transplant, usually until you're about one to three years in remission. So when I was um, given the LVAD, it was a bridge to a transplant. So I knew eventually I would have to have a a heart transplant to get back to a normal life. So um, with the LVAD, it's a mechanical pump. You have an external line and you're hooked to two batteries at all times, 24-7. Um, that weigh about seven pounds that you carry around on your back day in and day night. Um, so fortunately, I recovered. That is an open heart surgery. Um, I went through rehab for 36 sessions. And by mid-spring, I was back to my normal routine, camping, boating, four-wheeling, um, just living life to the fullest, which is what I did even through the cancer. I always found the positive um, of every situation And I'd said when I got sick that this isn't the end of my life. It's the beginning. And I'm going to fight and we're going to have fun and we're not going to dwell on it. Okay. Again, so you get the LVAT, but then you knew that it was not the ultimate solution. You knew that eventually you would have to have a heart transplant. Yes. So we went through, um, actually on my birthday, I went to OSU. That was midsummer in July to start the education process with them to learn more about the transplant. Um, They reviewed my case in September and unfortunately had told me no. And um, with the breast cancer, I was also BRCA positive, which is a a genetic defect. And so I was high risk for getting ovarian cancer. So OSU came back to me and said, in order for you to be placed on the list, we now need to have, we need you to have a hysterectomy. So I (laughs) undergood the hysterectomy in September um, and they reevaluated me in November and that's when they they accepted me. So I was officially put on the heart transplant list on November 28th of 2022. 
And on December 1st, just a few days later, I got the call and I received my heart transplant December 2nd of 2022. Okay. And how ready were you for that (laughs) new heart? We were ready. Um, I had told everyone in March when I got the LVAD that I would have a new heart by the end of the year. And people just thought I was crazy. Like, how are you going to get this so fast? And I just told them, I I just know it in my heart and um, I'm going to get it. So I was mentally prepared. Me and my husband were mentally prepared. Um, We had our bags packed, ready to go because we knew Mm. we had to, you know, relocate from the Cincinnati Dayton area up to Columbus for a few weeks to undergo this. But we were ready. We had an amazing support system behind us. And um, it's funny that the day I got the call um, earlier that day, I told my husband um, we'd actually had a party planned for I have a company. So we had a company party that planned that weekend. And I said to him, um, it was Thursday night. I said, I don't think we're having this party this weekend. And he said, I don't understand. What do you mean? I said, I just know it in my heart. Like, I'm going to get the call. He said, well, when are you going to get it? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to get it before this weekend. And it was four hours later that OSU called me and said, pack your bags and, and come up. We have your heart. Oh, wow. Wow. Look at that. So what is it like to, you know, you get the call and get the surgery. So you already sounds like you are mentally prepared for the surgery. Yes. Okay. And so you get up there and you have the surgery. What is that like? And now to know that you have another person's heart in your body. It's um, it's an emotional overload. Okay. So we get up there and we get prepped. And again, we're, we're mentally ready. Um, I was fortunate that my surgery wasn't until the next day. So we arrived probably at 8 p.m. at the hospital. Or actually, I take that back. More like 11 p.m. Um, at the hospital. I had my surgery about 1230 the next day. So I had time to process um, and meet with my team. And the surgery was very, very long um, due to, you know, they had to get the LVAD out of me. Um, put the new heart in, et cetera. I did lose a lot of blood. So the following day on the third, I was actually um, left open and I was left intubated. So I was not um, brought to and the tube taken out until Sunday. So that's when I came to. Um, It's a slow start when you wake up. You're very confused. Um, I had hallucinations and, you know, visually was seeing things, but was all there. Um, I knew of what had happened. I was aware, and um, you're just in a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of pain. So what do you know? Do you know anything about the family of the person that, you know, donated the heart or anything? What do you know to this day, 11 weeks post, right? So I don't know anything about the family. We do know there's two things that you are um, told about a heart, and it's it's high risk. Um, which mine was not, or if it's hepatitis C positive. So you can take the option to accept a hepatitis C positive heart. Um, Fortunately, mine was negative. So I had, that's the only two things you know going into it. Um, You have the opportunity to write the donor family, which I did. Um, I wrote them probably three weeks post-op. And so that was sent off to them. Um, Unfortunately, I've not had a response back, but very, very thankful um, you know, that they'd chosen to donate their organs and give me a second opportunity in my life. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, we're speaking to Denise. She is a breast cancer and a heart disease survivor. For more information on her story, you can reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. So what is all this 
taught you from breast cancer to heart disease survivor, heart transplant survivor? What has that taught you about life? It's taught me to just cherish every memory that you make, um, even the small stuff. It's taught me to live um, and to keep pressing forward. Uh, Four things that I've brought out of this is, you know, through any challenge in life, one, my positivity brought me a long way. I never dwelt on anything. Um, I kept a positive mindset. I kept um, very much in faith. And also, as we'd already talked about, it's important going through health challenges, you have an advocate to speak when you cannot speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is to have a support system. So I had an amazing family, friends, coworkers, colleagues that were behind me every every step of the way. So if you have those four things, um, you can get through things and just lean on people. Um, you need help in these situations, and I'm one that doesn't accept help very easily. And I learned that you do have to accept that. You have to let people step in, whether it's bring you meals or I have people send me flowers or come sit with me. Um, You can't drive for 12 weeks post-transplant and open heart. So you have to have a driver to get you around. Um, So there's a lot of things that go into it. So to just accept that help from one another um, is really important. So what have the conversations, as much as you want to tell me, Um, with you and your husband because he's been such a strong advocate and sometimes it's so difficult to see someone you really love and so much pain going through as much as you've been through. Um, What is his mental state like and what is it like to have such an advocate and what are your conversations um, with him? What are they like? So we talk a lot about, um, you know, he shares his stories with me when I wasn't awake. It was a lot of stress on him. He's one that's very private, and I'm very open, so we're very opposite in that aspect. Um, But he did share um, with our friends and family what was going on to keep him up to date. Um, A lot of our conversations are, you know, if I do get down, he just reminds me, hey, you are still here and you're alive, um, and you fought for this, and and you deserve to be here. There's a lot of tears, um, you know, and and they're not sad tears. A lot of times it's, it's overwhelming that, clinically speaking, I should be dead. Um, and I've been on life support three different times in the last year. So um, we just rejoice a lot that I'm here. And every day is is you're just thankful for it um, because there was times, you know, before the LVAD and in between me failing that when I went to bed, I didn't know if I was going to wake up. So it was very, very challenging. And in those months before the VAD, it was every day I was crying and, and you don't know what's next. And so he was just an amazing support. Again, he just reminded me that you're here, you're alive, um, and we kept pushing forward. So, again, we continue to have our good days, and, and he encourages me and, and reminds me that I'm alive and we're still living and making memories. So how is your health today? We're talking about 11 weeks, only 11 weeks from open-heart surgery. How is your health today, and what precautions are you taking? Because, you know, I'm still... Although you're healthy, I'm still sure there are still some things that are fragile as well. So um, I'm doing absolutely amazing since um, surgery. I was released only one week after my heart surgery. So from the get-go, I was up and running and doing well. I'm in cardiac rehab, which I do three times a week. So I'm in session 12 already for that. Um, As far as precautions right now, we're still adjusting meds. So with a post-transplant, you're on a lot of anti-rejection meds, which suppress your immunity. So I have to be very careful. So 
good hygiene, good food practices. Um, I'm not supposed to be in public. And, um, you know, staying indoors. I have external precautions as far as lifting and whatnot. And so just staying safe and and being smart. So it's kind of like I'm back in COVID in my head, um, taking the same precautions as we did then. Now, cardiac rehab, what does that look like? So cardiac rehab, um, I am supposed to do 40 minutes of cardio workout. So I generally do uh, 20 minutes on one specific machine. Um, And then I do like late uh, weight training with with squats and resistant band, things like that, just to keep my cardio up. And then they expect me to to work out just a few days a week after rehab. So um, getting back in the gym, I was just released yesterday to go back to my gym. So I'll be incorporating that as well. Okay, and you'll be masked up, right? Yes, masked up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, we're running out of time this morning. What do you want others to know and to learn from your story? I just want others to, again, when they're going through something like this, to stay positive. Um, If you can stay positive and and push forward, your outlook will be so much better. I think we can get in our heads and we're drowned with negativity from the news and social media. So you have to kind of stay in your own space and and surround yourself with with good energy. Um, With good energy comes healing and just you'll have a better outlook. Okay, so we know that heart disease is the number one killer of women. Uh, we know that breast cancer is a killer of women. Why do you believe that you have survived? Faith. Faith and positivity is is the, and again, my advocate. If I did not have my husband there, it is no doubt I would not have made it through those months in December when I was intubated. So, Positivity, faith, and a good advocate. All right. Thank you so much for taking time to share your remarkable story. Thank you so much, Denise. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. We've been speaking to breast cancer and heart disease survivor, Denise. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, for more information on the show, you can reach out to us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Rodney Lear on air, Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like, follow, and share there. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today.